All right. So, welcome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm so out of practice for this. Welcome to What Shall We Say to These Things. I'm TJ. And I'm MJ. And this is a low-key ghetto Bible study. That is correct. Um, so, we're continuing with Genesis. We've done ch- chapter 12. We're continu- continuing with Ab- Abram. Mm-hmm. I never pronounced this right. And Sarai's story yep. with Genesis chapter 13. So, t- Oh, this is the point where we ask you to pause and say a prayer. All right. So, let's get into our summary. Um, Sorry. I misplaced my notes. I think, like, before I, before I get into something, like, I feel like in comparison to chapter 12, this this is a little mellow. It's a bit <laughs> mellow, but let's get into it. So, as usual, our chapter is divided into two section and sections, and our first section is verses 1 to 9. Okay. So, um, we're continuing from where chapter 12 left off. So, we have Abraham leaving Egypt, mm-hmm. and he's taking his wife and everything he owned with him, and his nephew Lot goes with him. And we are told that Abraham has accumulated a lot of wealth in the form of cattle and silver and gold. And he travels. And um, one version of the Bible I read, he said he traveled to the Negev. And I was like, to the Negev? What's that? And apparently it's a desert. Mm-hmm. Okay, So it's a desert near... I, let, me not, let me not misspeak. So just say it's a desert in that okay. part of the world. Okay. And from there, he went from place to place until he got back to Bethel um, where he had been earlier and where he had previously built an altar and he stopped there and he called on the name of the Lord now we are reminded at this point that Lot was traveling with him Mm -hmm. and we are informed that Lot was also a wealthy man Mm -hmm. he had cattle and he had tents and he had people with him and basically where they had settled did not have enough resources to support the wealth of the two men. And as a result, um, their herders or their shepherds or their workers began to have disagreements and arguments. Mm -hmm. And we are told that they were also Canaanites and I'm not sure that I will pronounce this right, parasites living in the area at that time. And so that brings us to the end of verse 9. This was our first section. So what what stood out to you? What are your thoughts? First thing I notice is that we talk about. Um, I am jumping ahead, and it talks about where Abraham oh, ends up. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. There's another piece. Yes, there's okay. another piece. I okay. had to turn the page. Okay. This is why I need to put everything, fit everything <laughs> on one page. Okay. So, but that was not chapter nine. We had no. We ain't at chapter nine yet. Okay. So, basically, what happens next is Abraham tells Lot, "We are family. Eh? Mm. Let's not argue." Let's not have arguing between us or our workers. L- look at look at all this land that's available. Let us go our separate ways. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And if you go right, I will go left. That is chapter nine. <laughs> verse nine, sir. Okay. That is verse nine. Okay. okay. Yes. Um, so I'm jumping ahead of the first few verses. And I'm getting to the point where he ends up where he ends up. So he's left Egypt and he ends up back in Bethel. Mm-hmm. And it's like... The way a lot of it is written is as though he moved in a circle. Mm-hmm. Either he moved in a circle, he went backwards. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will not, I would not be comfortable doing that. Because, like, God is leading me to a point, to a place. And although going to Egypt was, it was done for safety, um, for survival purposes, mm-hmm. 
to me, I would be frustrated having to go back in the direction I came. Like, either let's move past, move, keep going past Egypt, or I don't want to go back. But, like, okay, like, let's think of this situation, right? Let's say you're here, right? And, like, there are difficult times here, and there's an opportunity to for you just, like, temporarily to go spend time in another territory. When you're done there, wouldn't you want to come back home? But who says this is home? That's but, what... That was but like, no, because here's my challenge, right? We don't have a timeline. We don't know how long he's been in any particular place, right? Um, we All we know for sure is that he's built an altar there. Okay. And so it may just be that this is somewhere where he's comfortable being settled, where he's aware of what the available resources are. Um, this is somewhere that, you know... He may have may have even developed relationships with the surrounding merchants. So it may not necessarily even have been a thing for him where he considered it as going backward, but it may have been like, this is somewhere where I know the lay of the land. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was... But you also would have had a challenge going in the first yeah. place when you don't know where you're going. Yeah. 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 It kind of reminded me of the... The Israelites who some seem to have been moving in circles mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so. years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I also made, um, noted that he gets to his um, his like his landing spot and he mm-hmm. worships God again. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was significant yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. My first point was that um, in the tw- chapter twelve, we we find Pharaoh kicking Abraham out of Egypt, right? But that was just Abraham. 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 I'm not sure how you pronounce it, right? But Lot could have stayed. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lot could have stayed because it says Lot went with him. So it was not necessarily a situation where Lot had to leave. Like, would Pharaoh have even known of Lot's presence? Would Pharaoh have even known that there was a connection between him and Abraham and Lot? And like you said, Lot has his own property. So he's he's independent essentially. Yeah, yeah. he's like a wealthy nephew. So I'm like that was my first thing that Lot could have stayed mm-hmm. in Egypt, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that that was somewhat solidified f- for me. And like a little bit later on, there's a reference made to Egypt, and so I was like, he could have just stayed. I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm looking forward to hearing okay. your point. Right. Um. And, uh, okay, so another thing that stood out to me was that here are these brethren, <laughs> you know, family. And they're not the ones directly having conflict, but they ha- their um, employees are having it. And it's, it's, it's not something that they can ignore. It's not something that they could um, carry on living comfortably without addressing and it just um it was just a a reminder that you know conflict is inevitable mm-hmm. it's 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 going to happen even among family, family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah um for me I, one of the things I, I found interesting is that they noted that abraham um had gained wealth and like we we know specifically that he got some of it in Egypt from the pharaoh who was treating him nicely because of his sister, <laughs> sister wife. Um, but then you also get the impression that throughout the course of his journey, he may have been becoming wealthier and wealthier. 
because I thought that was an interesting interesting thing and I think we both have the same point in relation to mention of the um, Canaanites and oh yes so go ahead it's cool <laughs> you have three points I have two so you did it two I'll do okay. the third one alright so um, I found it interesting that it was just it just seemed like an add-on yeah like um, why did they add it well, why, why was this mentioned and I, two things came to mind was that maybe this was the fact that we had these two groups of people also in the vicinity shows that there was an additional limit to resources mm-hmm. um, it, like, this, these resources also had to be shared amongst other groups of people and then um, there was also the fact that I there was like this was also possibly a thing and thing about these other people observing the feuding between the herdsmen of these two relatives. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it those would look. It, it would look, look bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you have people like, anytime you have people observing, like public feuding between family or like within close communities. It, it's never a good look. Yeah, it's never a good look. look. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, we had had a conversation about that. So I went to check out a couple of Bible commentaries. And one of them was also saying that it's possible that um, Lot and Abraham coming into the territory, they were the foreigners. These people had been settled there before. And they may not have been um, necessarily welcome. So their feuding, um, they, their feuding could have been uh, an opportunity for who could easily be considered their enemies mm. to um, attack them okay. and um, take advantage of their distractions um, over fighting with each other. Okay. So it was, it, there could have been several reasons why it would not be good for mm. them to be fighting in it, that land. It, a weak point in their armor. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Anything else you want to share? No, not on this section. Okay. All right. So we, moving on. To verses ten to eighteen, so basically we have Abraham. Abraham has told Lot, "Look around, you choose." Mm-hmm. And so Lot does exactly that. He scans the area, and he sees that the plain of Jordan is well watered. And um, one of the versions of the Bible, I looked at it and made reference to it being watered like the the Garden of God, like as an Egypt. Eden. Oh, Egypt. It said the Garden of God. That's and true. Egypt. That's true. That's true. I remember that. Right. And so this is where Lot decides to settle. Right. Ah. And so Lot goes to the 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 plain of Jordan, and Abraham lives in the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. Right. And we told specifically that Lot goes in amongst the cities of the plains, and he settles near Sodom. Mm-hmm. And then we are informed that the so- people of Sodom are wicked. Mm-hmm. And they sinners, and they sin greatly against God. And then, the story transitions, and we are told that after Lot has left, God speaks to Abraham, and he says, "Look all around you; all the land you see will belong to you and your descendants forever. You will have as many descendants as there is dust on the earth. If anyone can count the dust, then your descendants can be counted." And then God instructed Abraham to walk through the land, for it was being given to him. And then Abraham moved near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, and he settled there and built an altar to God. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of chapter 13. And not a lot of drama, not a lot of fanfare. Like, the biggest thing is that the herdsmen the, the feuding. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just a quiet, peaceful chapter. 
Hmm. Okay, so my first thing was that Abraham let Lot have the first pick. Mm. And like, I don't know that that, that is very characteristic of the time. Because like you read the, the, the Old Testament and you see a lot of... Um, it's very elder-centric, mm. you mm-hmm. know? Like that um, you look after your parents and you look after the elders in your community and they are revered mm-hmm. and taken care of and, and given priority, given priority mm-hmm. and given the best. So for Abraham to offer the best to Lot um, is, I find it strange. And also, like, he's the one, he's, like, I'm assuming, that's a gross as- assumption, um, that Lot's wealth is directly... <laughs> um, as a result of as Abraham, result of Abraham mm-hmm. and his generosity, I'm just assuming that because mm-hmm. like here is this nephew who's younger than him, who he's taken with him, uh, sort of adopted, and mm-hmm. and he's taking him throughout with him. I don't know how Lot could have accumulated wealth if it had not been given to him. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But yeah, um, and so. I see it strange. I see it as something strange for Abraham to be like, you, you, you choose first. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with whatever. Um, you, you not, you, you're not sure what he's going to choose. If he's going to choose the best for himself or the best for Abraham. But you are comfortable with him choosing the best for himself by giving him first pick. Then I think, I think Abraham was at that point because he was very aware that God had told him, I will take you to the land that I have for you. So it means that whatever God allowed Lot to choose was not what God had for Abraham. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think that that is launching into lessons we should apply for our lives. But I yes. think I think I we think mentioned that same lesson in one of we talked about something like that, like what God had for us. I don't know if it was in the we recorded chapter twelve so long ago, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, but I I think. I don't know if that's jumping ahead, but I think it also tells us about how things are not always as they seem. Because mm. we see Lot choose what seems to be the greener pasture, mm-hmm. and that's jumping ahead, but it's not necessarily going to be the best for him as and we see coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, sometimes the grass isn't always greener. We see that multiple times coming up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, this is not necessarily the best decision for him. Um,. And so, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe sometimes you let the, the, the older brethren pick for you, you know, <laughs> especially when they're being led by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my, um, my first point here was about how, or like what Lot took into consideration when making his choice. Mm. Like as far as we know, it was based on one factor. Okay. And it was the source of water, and yes, that's important, especially if you have cattle. Um, it means that there's a water source for them to drink from. It means that they will have a, like a good supply of food. But, like that was the only thing he made. His, he seemed to have made his decision mm. on, um, and I think that's a point where I made the note that it was based on the land similarity to Egypt, which was what I was referring to when I said about he could have just stayed in, in Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. Like staying in Egypt might have might have saved him a lot of a lot of stress. But, but that's another that seems to be like another call call forward to the Israelites 
um, we wish we had stayed in Egypt. Mm, okay. Situation. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting to me. Like, um, in my head, when I think of Egypt, I think of deserts mm. and um, like, like famines, and and. So we talked. We talked about that. We talked yeah. about Egypt too. Like famine being the trademark of Egypt, <laughs> but like in this in this context, Egypt is the the lush land mm-hmm. and um, the green pastures. So that's yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but another thing, I don't know if that is too far for what your points are, but I have about um, like Abraham seems to be blessed wherever he goes. Mm. And Except so, for Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kind of he kind of messed himself mm-hmm. up. That was his fault. And I'm wondering if, like you said, if this was a case of God allowing Lot to choose what was not Abraham's. If it's uh, an an instance of um, God's favor following him, so wherever he goes, he'll be blessed. Mm-hmm. Or if it's God's providence that he will only go where God will bless mm-hmm. him. Okay. So that was I wasn't sure. Um, but I am. I'm assuming that it's a combination. Yeah, because my point was that um, we're not like while we we know the fact that influenced Lot's decision. We have we don't have have no um kind of record or information about how Abraham made his decision. But the bottom line is that as we see in the the later verses, is that his decision had God's stamp of approval, because mm-hmm. where he chose to go is God is where God said, "This is the land I'll give to you." And it may have been that God said okay, you've chosen here, I'll give it to you. Or it might have been God said, go here. Mm-hmm. Give him that nudge and like, go here. <laughs> and then he's like, you've gone here? This is what I want to give you. Yeah. Um, like, this one, this one is a little unorthodox. Mm, not really. <laughs> but it's just like, um, God speaking to Abraham made me think of Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. Because <laughs> he tells him, he tells him, Look to the east, look to the west, look to the north, look to the south. All you can see, I will ah. give to you. And I remember um, Mufasa telling Simba, Simba, as far as the light sees is, is ours. So that, that was, I was like, the king, <laughs> the king talking to his son, okay. you know, telling, showing him the extent of his territory. His territory, yeah. yeah. That's, cool. Mm. That's cool. My last point is that and Abraham worships God again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's beautiful. Okay, so um, I don't know that did I meant. Yes, I did. Um, here's my thing, right? The chapter pretty much ends, but not ends. But like towards the end of the chapter, we see God talking to Abraham about making his descendants as as plentiful as the dust on the earth and it, like this is the land that his descendants will inherit like we don't know how long abraham has been on this journey for. like we don't have any kind of timeline no kind of like milestone points to give us an idea of how long this journey he's been on this journey so far mm-hmm. but we do know for a fact that he's older than 75 because yes. we are told in chapter 12 that he leaves um where he where he leaves his home at seventy five, mm-hmm. so if God is going to make his descendants as many in number as the dust of the earth, you would imagine that he should have started already. <laughs> like, like there should have been at least one dust grain already, <laughs> at least one. So I, that's what I I thought interesting, 
and we see no or at least not at this point we see no account of abram questioning that i wonder if he was considered a young man though like we're not even we're not even taking that we're like we're not even looking at like um the actual um whether he's young or old right but this is a at this point as far as we know this is a man with one wife right at this point so it means that he's not going to be able to have more than one child per year so even let's say <laughs> he's young he still has another 75 years ahead of him he's still going to be able to have 75 children right going forward and that's not the dust of the earth so i'm saying if we're going dust of the earth we need to start getting dust started that's, that's that was that's that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking okay all right so so lessons 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 okay um my ones uh, i think i only have two about god mm-hmm. and that most of very simple when god is with you you set <laughs> like mm-hmm. like you could see that happening with abraham um like up what what happened to the egyptians was it a plague i don't know something happens mm-hmm. to them because his wife gets taken um his fault yet mm-hmm. you know god intervenes and he gets his wife back um and then he gets into a fight with well his his herdsmen get into a fight with his his nephew's herdsmen um they decide to go their separate ways and he gets like the land god promised to him mm-hmm. so that's my second lesson about god um like he when he gives a promise you can believe him mm-hmm. because well this is me reaching forward to knowing that we know that his descendants do get mm-hmm. this land but this is the beginning where god has made the promise and like tj is saying there is no there is no evidence to point towards it happening there's at not this point, mm-hmm. at this point right but god has made the promise and we know for a fact that he he delivered on mm-hmm. it and so that is my takeaway that you know i can I can believe God's promises. He even though I'm at the point where there's no evidence to support it. One of these days, even though it's not in my lifetime, his promise is going mm, to be fulfilled. Okay. Mm. Um when we looked at chapter 12, I judged Ab- Abraham hard because I was like here you have God telling you to move without telling you where you're going and you trust him, you leave. But you get to Egypt and you can't trust God to protect you and your wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like God could have seen that and be like, "So, so you're not trusting me now? Like, <laughs> forget it. I'm not. I'm not going to offer you the land anymore. You, you, you doubting me? Forget it." Mm-hmm. But that was not the case. God was still like, "As a result of this, you're gonna get some more wealth." <laughs> this is not. This is not the game plan. But I'm still not going to, you know, abandon abandon you. you. And so I think. My point about God was that our past mistakes do not dictate God's ability or willingness to bless us in the future. Yeah, right. That's something we all need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was and I think that one that one resonated with me on a different level that. My mess ups yesterday will not prevent is d- does not impact God's ability or his willingness to bless me tomorrow. Yeah. Um My second point is that God is extra. <laughs> like God could have just told Abraham, Abraham, that you will have a lot of children. But God, no, God was like, you will have as many descend- descendants as the dust 
on the earth. And not, not even, like, the dust in the desert. Like, because that would have been enough. He was, like, the dust on the earth. And so, it feels like they're... Like, even, even when we try to put our 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 um, finite and mortal boundaries around God's promises, there are no small promises with God. God goes big, like, mm. all the time. There's no big, go big, or go home. He's just like, we're going big. <laughs> yeah. So those are my two, my two takeaways. Well, I think they were more reminders than actually, this is a new, new thing, new concept. new concept. I think they were like, these were my takeaways. Moving on, to, I, I'm just going to chip this one in. Moving on to about my personal mm-hmm. things, right? Um, sometimes for the sake of peace and for family bonds, it's better to love people from a distance. <laughs> from a distance. Yeah? Um, I, I, I think, I think, I think that, I, I, I'm like, I use family here because, like, this was the literal situation in the story. But I don't think it has to be limited to family. I think sometimes the solution to... Um, discord and disagreements is to Distance. settle in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it does not mean there's less love. It does not mean that we're not family anymore. But I think for peace as well as to manage what those around us are seeing and processing about us as a f- as a family in quotes. Um, as a community, in quotes, I think sometimes it's better to just settle in, in different areas. You go you go to the Plain of Jordan, I will go to Keenan. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I've been coming to terms with as an adult. Um, I like This is slightly off we tangent. We use the term adult very loosely we, in this yes, house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Disclaimer. Yes, so I'm using that term very loosely. <laughs> but this is a, a slightly off topic, but it's been something I've been trying to, um, I went from a point of living, literally living with my friends to being, um, indifferent. Some of them, some of us, is that true? For a a mild moment, some of us were in different time zones. Is that true? Yes. For a little while. But then a lot of us, we just in different, we do just in different countries Mm -hmm. and we're doing different things, having completely different lives. And it's 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 difficult staying in touch and being part of each other's lives, and it's been something I have to come to terms with that. Like our friendships have to change because mm-hmm. of our lives changing mm-hmm. and our who we are is changing, and um, how we interact has to change as well. And just because there's going to be space and there's going to be distance does not mean that. Um, the love is not there mm-hmm. and that there are any hard feelings and so that was my shade of this my personal lesson mm-hmm. from this yeah. just because and even in terms of there not being conflict just because there's distance we're going separate ways it doesn't mean that we that we need to make the distance conflict right yeah. so I think that's something sometimes something we are quick to do where when we feel space in relationships like you vex with me. Yeah. You have a problem with me. You know, and sometimes it's just that this is life. Yeah. This is life. Yeah. Okay. What if you want to share one of your own? Um, another one is like taking a step back. And for Abraham, it was a number of steps. He had to go in reverse, go back to where he, he came from. Um, for some people, it might have looked like he was moving in a circle. Um, 
that is part of our journey. Our journey. Mm-hmm. That's part of our story. That we need to step back and um, and sometimes we have to go to places that we not intended to go. That that's not our final point, and then come back to. What what I'm trying to say is like, he had gotten to Bethel before, mm-hmm. and he could have gone from Bethel to Canaan, mm-hmm. and his journey would be done. But part of his his journey had to send him to Egypt, and then back to Bethel, and then to Canaan. And so, I think um, sometimes we feel like we should be there already, and um, we feel like we going we going in reverse. We taking um, we take one step forward and then two steps back. And it could be frustrating, it could be infuriating, it could be disheartening. And um, we just have to remember, you know, God is the one leading. Um, and this is part of our journey. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we ju- it's just a matter of time before we fight with our nephew. And then we <laughs> end up where we're supposed mm-hmm. to go. Luckily for us, we have no nephews. Yes. Yet. <laughs> um, and I, I think, like, like you're saying, sometimes we have to go through that journey of going in circles because we're not ready for where we have to go yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're, they're like they're positive traits we still need to build. They're negative ones we need to get rid of. So I think sometimes it's more about the process than the journey itself. And we need to sometimes be open to that. That Yes, this journey is... Um, I feel like I'm going in circles. But if we are mindful of the process that's happening while we're going in circles, we may be... I don't want to say tolerant, but maybe a bit more open okay. to the, the going in circles. Um, mine, my last two have to do with about like trusting God, and I think they, they are they are direct. Um, what do I call that? I don't know. Like I don't want to say translations because it's not a translation, but like. It's my my um my two points about God, just um reframed reframed personalized that type of thing. So one of them is that I can trust God's promises to me as wild and as incredible as they may seem, sound mm-hmm. or seem. So like Abraham, Abraham, <laughs> Abraham could have heard God say, "You will have descendants as plentiful as the dust of the earth," and he could have like, mm, "How do I ever have a child?" <laughs> you know, but he chose to believe in that promise and i think sometimes god may um reveal or indicate plans or promises he has to us for us and we'd be like me i going to do that i never like to talk in public (laughs) you know me god want to do it me god want to and so i think um we need to trust that you know as incredible as why and wild as his promises may sound or seem that we can trust him yes he got us so most of my guys were from my my most of my points takeaways my others were from abraham directly Mm -hmm. from abraham so um well this one is from abraham and lot i'm saying that um we were talking about that earlier i think that as christians we don't always realize that people are watching us Mm. and um i think that should not be the reason why we um, we behave. Behave, right? <laughs> it should be the reason why we behave mm-hmm. ourselves. But I think it's also something to consider that our interactions with each other um, should be in a way that nobody could say, eh, eh. 
that's how the Christians mm-hmm. behave. That's how they treat each other. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to interact with them if that's how they treat, treat their each other. own people. Mm-hmm. And so, I think, especially, um, in situations of conflict among each other, we need to be careful. Um, and I'm not saying be. Um, I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe what I'm saying. I'm not saying that just because you're being watched, you gloss over it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying be don't, passive. You don't be passive. Yeah, I'm not saying be passive about it, but I'm saying treat people well, um, as all the time, but especially when they are your people, um, because others are watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then the next one was. It's okay to offer the best pick to others. Like mm. so, I've been trying to teach myself the opposite because I normally, I normally keep the worst for myself. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to be like, it's okay, um, MJ, you could take the best. You mm-hmm. know, like you deserve it. But I think there are also points where you can offer the best to other people, um, especially what you think is the best, mm-hmm. or you could offer them first pick, because I think we said this last time as well. What God has for you is for you. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that, nobody can take that away from you. And so, um, you don't have to, you don't have to fight with anybody for anything. You don't have to, um, you, you just have to do your best, work hard, and, um, let, God. yeah, let God work it out. And so, that, I think that's just freeing. That, that way you can be happy for other people who are succeeding. You can be happy for um, their successes you can happy be happy when they seem to be going ahead of you because that is what god has for them mm-hmm. and what god has for you mm-hmm. is on its way amen yeah. amen um and then last point is like over and over we see abraham stopping abraham sorry <laughs> i keep calling the man his new name um, he's not there yet. He's yeah. not there yeah. yet. He not That's why he had to go in circles. <laughs> yeah. Right. We see Abraham stopping and worshipping God. Mm-hmm. And usually it's before, at the end of one of his big moves or before one of his big moves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is important. That, you know, when we're making big moves um, in our careers, in our lives, um, when we're making changes, I think it's important that not just we should keep God in the picture, but He should be the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's the the main. Um, he's the main factor, and His will is the main factor. A praise it's, break. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think I like um, TJ saying, not only asking God for direction, but praising Him for mm-hmm. His leading so far. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He's leading in the future because you you we have that guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so my f- my last point, uh, my last lesson for my life is my first point, just rephrased, reframed. And it's that God will not hold my blessings, host- my blessings hostage when I mess up. I think that's beautiful. I think that is beautiful. And I think that's a great way to end our, our um, thing today. <laughs> our thing today. Our thing today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great takeaway from this whole... From Abraham's life, yeah. essentially, <laughs> and, I, and and like I don't think I I I, I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think it's limited to Abraham. Like I think throughout the the Old Testament, Old Testament that is a running theme. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to as many other people we will be introduced to as we continue to go through um, Genesis and and how God does not hold their blessings hostage, right? Mm. Yeah. It's almost as if his blessing has nothing to do with <laughs> like, <laughs> like who we are or what, what we've we done. <laughs> you, you think, eh? Yeah, it, it's, it suspiciously seems that way. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm very suspicious. <laughs> okay, so we've come to the end of this episode of What Shall We Say to These Things? I'm TJ. And I'm MJ. Until next time, we're, we're out. out.